Hey, it's Chris Terry. Have you been to the new Gen Z merch store? If you haven't, you got to check it out. We have so much cool stuff from all your favorite shows like Six Minutes, Mars Patel, Becoming Mother Nature, and more. Check out the store on our website at gzmshows.com. The Big Fib! That's now our name! The Big Fib! Show's still the same! The Big Fib! Let's play the game! The Big Fib! We're still on fire! Busting liars! But now, the Big Fib! From League City, Texas, this is the Big Fib! And now, <laughs> here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Welcome to the Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the exciting and globally loved strike of truth. And the unsporting and foul penalty of lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live in Studio Audience. Ah! What is it, Lisa? I'm just reading the latest issue of Mechanical Droid Journal, and I am very disappointed to report that I did not make the top 100 most influential robot list this year. Oh, no, I'm sorry to hear that. I am sorry to say that. I shouldn't be too upset, really. They've selected some. Pretty questionable robots. I'm not even sure I'd want to be on this list of lackluster machines. Oh, really? Can you give me some examples of some of the top influential robots? Oh, you're not going to even believe the list of the clowns they got on here. Let's see. We've got Paro, a robotic baby seal that provides emotional support for people in nursing homes and hospitals. Oh, Paro sounds nice. Sure, if you like that sort of robot. Let's see. And we've got Venus Swarm, robot fish that collect information from the sea about the ocean's temperature pollution, flooding, and a bunch of other things that are supposed to help scientists understand climate change. Wow, that sounds really impressive. But nothing as impressive as sound effects. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) Yeah, sound effects are super important. That's, That's true. Maybe you'll make the list next year. Or maybe I'll just cancel my subscription. That'll send a message. And if they want me to renew my subscription, they're going to have to include me in this list. And send me a tote bag. You better send me a tote bag. Or you can keep your subscription and I'll write a letter of recommendation for the journal with all the contributions you make to this podcast and in the lives of our listeners. And I'll even get you a tote bag. You do that for for me? Mm -hmm. Thanks, Deborah. You're a good friend. I'd like a zip closure and interior pockets in my tote bag, please. Thank you. Okay, you got it. All right, well, now can you tell us and everyone listening how our game works? Uh, yeah. Thanks. Every week, we bring on two grown-ups. One is an expert. The other is a a liar. (laughs) And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who. Because no one can spot a liar better than a kid. Maybe a mosquito. Mm. They can taste your blood and be like, he's a liar. (laughs) But what are we lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about soccer, a sport played by teams of 11 people trying to get a ball into the other team's net by using any part of the body except arms or hands. Lisa, do you know much about soccer? Oh, I'm a huge supporter of the Robot League soccer team, Factory Coils. Ooh, Factory Coils. Are they any good? They're terrible. But the fans have great chants like, You're foiled by a coil. Take that. Go home. Or, You're dis are floppy and your game is really sloppy. (laughs) Okay. Or, We're great. You're not. 
So there! Hmm, not very sporting. It's all part of the game, Deborah. I'm not so sure about that, but we're about to find out. So Lisa, please tell us about our contestant today. Our human child contestant is a 10-year-old who builds computers, Anders Pyenson. Hi. Wow, hi, Anders. How are you? Good. Excellent. You build computers? Well, I've built one so far for my sister. For your sister? That was very nice, and, and it works and everything? Yeah. Well, she doesn't use it that much. I think I'm the main user, but still. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you learn to build computers? The internet. <laughs> I just Googled it and watched videos. Really? Mm-hmm. Are you yep. saying anybody can do it? I mean, if they have the time, yeah. Wow. Something tells me that you have time and maybe a lot of smarts. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think so. Okay, good. That's a dangerous combination. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. We do want to know some more fun facts about you, Anders, but we're going to do it by playing our game, Two Truths and a Lie. You are going to tell us three facts about yourself, but one of those facts will be a lie, and we will try to figure out which one is the lie. Anders, what are your three facts? Okay, first one, I'm right-handed. Second one, I've driven a tractor all by myself. A tractor, okay. Mm -hmm. And third one, I do my own laundry. Lisa, what do you think? Yeah, Anders, I have one question. Which hand did you use to write this list? Nope. Um, I didn't write it. (laughs) My mom typed it. (laughs) Oh. Oh. Very interesting. <laughs> really? What does that tell you? His mom typed it, and yet he comes here and claims that he does his own laundry. Uh-huh. Would somebody who does their own laundry allow someone else to type something from them? I think not. Therefore, we must conjecture that. What's what was the middle one? Um, I've driven a. Tr- uh, I've d- I do my own laundry. And then or, he's driven uh, a tractor, right? Yeah. Okay, All yeah. by himself, mm-hmm. I might add. Yeah. I don't know. But he's definitely not right-handed. Nice try with all your lies. <laughs> okay, so that's his lie. All right, Anders. <laughs> Which one of those facts is your lie? I'm right-handed. What? Yes. Come the on. logic is clearly there, Deborah. <laughs> yes, clearly. Very good. Well, you didn't fool Lisa, but probably not for the reasons that most people would have guessed. But I do think that you're ready to play this game. That's what I think. What do you know about soccer, Anders? Um, not much. I've I've played it. I sort of know that you kick a ball. Well, I know that you kick a ball into goals. <laughs> that's that's a start. Very good. We are definitely going to learn some more mm-hmm. than that, I believe. So let's kick off our game. Lisa, can we get some music for our soccer experts? Oof. Ah, there's a ball. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, get it. In the hoop. It's not a hoop. Use your broom and fly around. (laughs) Go soccer. Yeah, we have a lot to learn about soccer, I think. Okay, our first expert is Jen Cooper. Jen, please introduce yourself to Anders. Hi, Anders. I'm Jen Cooper. I'm a researcher and TV analyst for soccer. Thank you very much. Let's meet our second expert, Cameron Arias. Cameron, please introduce yourself to Anders. Hi, Anders. I'm Cameron, and I run a soccer program for kids in Western New York. Hmm. Okay. Ooh, I love the pitch of those sounds. That is 100% most definitely because it's... 
hot seat time. It is hot seat time when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Anders' questions. Lisa, whom shall we put on the hot seat first? Cameron Arias, because their initials make the sound which reminds me of my pet baby raven. <laughs> and it goes, Wow. Okay. Very um, melodic bird. So, Anders, take it away. Okay. Um, what is a typical day at your job like? Oh, um, well, the first thing I do is uh, check the kids in, make sure that uh, they are who they say they are. <laughs> um, and then we have them all in a group do some exercises and warm ups. And then depending on their age and their skill level, we separate into different groups and we'll run some drills or maybe we'll learn some new skills or we'll practice some of the skills we learned earlier in the week. And then uh, if there's time, we'll have a scrimmage. Sounds good. Yeah. That sounds dangerous. You let kids use drills? Uh, no, that's not what that is. Oh, no, we, we run drills are what we call uh, practice skills. Okay. <laughs> um, for both of them, what is your favorite soccer team and why? Mm, okay. Yeah, um, it would have to be uh, my hometown team, the Houston Dash. Okay. And is that only because you live in the same town or are they a good team. Well, not only do they they live in my town and I live in their town, I guess, um, they won the 2020 NWSL Challenge Cup this summer, the the first pro sport event to, to get going after the shutdown earlier this year. Interesting. And Cameron, over to you. Well, my favorite team is Manchester United. Um, when I was in college, I spent a summer in England and I got to see some games and I just fell in love with the team. So... Uh, I love them. I love Man U. Go Man U. <laughs> okay. I'm a big fan of Gryffindor. Woo! Uh, I don't think that's a soccer team. Oh, no. Quidditch. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's a different episode. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Jen, what do you think is the future of soccer? I would say, even though some people might not agree with me, that I think soccer's popularity is going to keep growing and eventually overtake the, the major sports in the U.S., like basketball and, and American football. Um, I mean, we're seeing more teams every year, not just uh, men's teams, but also women's teams. So so that's that's what I'm expecting. We'll take over wow. American football. Cool. For Cameron, um, what is the funniest experience you've ever had at your job? Oh, man. Uh, okay. Well, years ago, my daughter was finally old enough to join our program. She was about three or four and we kept talking about how uh, great it was going to be and how uh, we're going to have so much fun and how we're going to kick the ball around. And it was going to be a great time. And so we get there and she lines up with all the other kids. And I started to set up for our first drill and I was putting cones down. I was getting everything ready to go. And I look up and she had run to the other end of the field and was just twirling at the other end of the field doing circles by herself and I couldn't get her to play for the rest of the day. Oh. Uh, but now she's older. She's a great athlete. Um, and I still tease her about that day that she just wouldn't play with her dad. Aww. <laughs> okay. Um, for Jen, how big is a typical soccer field? Usually they're about 75 yards by 120 yards. They can be a little smaller than that. Um, there's not an exact measurement the way we do, say, for an American football field, but it's it's more important that the proportions are always a nice big rectangle. Okay. There's also micro soccer where it's three centimeters by two centimeters. 
uh, and what what being would be playing that game? Like really small kids. I see. Yeah. Yeah, like micro kids. <laughs> micro kids. Understood. I okay. assume. Micro kids for micro soccer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Can you tell me, like, um, if I want to have your job, what would I need to do? You would need to pry it out of my hands. Nice try, Anders. <laughs> Okay, how about if Cameron starts this time on that one? Oh, he didn't mean mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I think, you know, first and foremost is join a, join a camp, join a, a program to see if you like it. And then if you do, keep going back and make friends. And, and, and uh, you know, uh, there are different things you can learn about how to motivate and coach and things and books you could read. But nothing better than getting out there and doing it. You know, the, the best way to learn a sport, I think, is to play a sport. And so the best way to get a job is to play, do the job. Sounds good. And for me, Anders, you, you know, you would have to study soccer a lot, not only it, its history, but also watching games, going to games, talking to players, talking to coaches, possibly majoring in journalism. But re- regardless, being around the game a lot so that you're just absorbing knowledge every chance you get. And of course, practicing speaking in public. So announcing a soccer game, you have to keep everybody kind of excited. Sometimes if it's just pure audio, they can't see what's going on or they want to be just as excited as you are. What do you have to do? Are there calls you have to make or how does that work? Well, you have to keep your voice animated and excited. Um, And most importantly, you know, when a goal has been scored, you, you have to wake everybody up, especially those people that are that are kind of watching, you know, only half yeah. watching. You, you remind them why they're watching and you give them a good goal call like, goal! Wow. Like that. Wow. That's, that's, not as, that's not as long as like, you know, the famous guy that does it, but yeah, something like that. Wow, it's like operatic almost, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> that woke me up. <laughs> It's time for the Shorts on Fire round, when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Experts, you'll have to think fast to break away from your opponent. Anders, let's start with Cameron. Okay. You can ask your Shorts on Fire questions now. How many minutes are in each half of the game? Uh, 45. What is it called when a player falls down and pretends to be hurt or draw a foul? Oh, that's flopping. Name a passing drill you use in training. Uh, uh, pot squatting. What do you call a volley where the players kick the ball over their own heads? Uh, a flipper. What famous television chef played soccer until he got hurt while training? Jeez, uh, I want to say Guy Fieri, but that can't be right, so I'm going to pass. What color card does a referee hold up to warn a player? Uh, yellow. How many miles do players end up running during a match? Uh, five? And that's time. This is all the time, okay? Very good. Okay, we are now going to reset the timer. Well, Lisa's going to reset the timer, right? I'm going to do it. Deborah, I'll Thank do you. it, okay? I you really relax. appreciate it. I am. I'm super relaxed. Okay. okay. Okay, Anders, it's time to ask Jen her shorts on fire questions now. What is another name for the soccer field? The pitch. What does it mean when a referee holds a flag in both hands above their head? It means the player is offside. It means they're at a parade. <laughs> How many defenders in a 3-5-2 formation? Three defenders. What happens if goalkeepers use their hands outside the 18-yard penalty area? 
The referee calls a foul and the other team gets the ball. When did the U.S. women's national team first play? Their first game was back in 1985. What is it called when a player kicks the ball through the open legs of a defender and keeps dribbling the ball on the other side? That's called nutmeg. Why do you think soccer is called the beautiful game? I think it's because all the people that play it are really beautiful, but also because everybody in the world plays it, right? So they love it so much, so it's something beautiful. And that is time. That's all the time, okay? Excellent. Okay, that seemed like a draw to me. It's time to discover which of our experts is offside. Anders, who is our big fibber? Cameron. Why do you think Cameron is our big fibber? Well, they both sort of said um a bit during Mm. some of the questions, but Cameron said it a lot more, and I feel like his answers were a bit slower than Jen's. Okay, interesting. T-M-U, too many ums. Too many ums, (laughs) right. Maybe not enough practice. Let us see. Will the actual soccer expert please tell us who you are? I'm Jen Cooper, (gasps) TV analyst for NWSL. That is correct. You got it right. Jen Cooper is the host of the Mixed Zone Women's Soccer Podcast, as well as the editorial director for NWSL Game Broadcast. And since 2016, she's published an NWSL almanac full of women's soccer stats. Well done, Anders. That is so cool. Okay, it is time for us to do some fact-checking. Jen, what lies did Cameron share that earned him a red card? Well, I I can't remember the the word that he used to describe what is actually flopping, but it was a really funny phrase. What did you say, Cameron? I said flopping, but then the the passing drill I said was called pod squatting. Oh, the (laughs) passing one. And that's... I I totally made that up. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was. Bicycle kick was one of the other ones. Right, it was the it was the kick over their own heads. Yeah. And what did you say, Cameron? You said it was a a flipper. flipper. Right. (laughs) And that's actually a bicycle kick. Right. Very good. All right. Well, that is the match. Thanks to our contestant, Anders, who was a skilled referee in our Game of Truth. And thank you to our expert and liar, Jen and Cameron, and to Lisa for the sound assists. And of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into The Big Fib, where we tackle lives and keep the truth. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you can send questions for me to read on Ask Lisa and find out how you can participate. And... Follow us on social media at the Big Fib Podcast for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. And remember, practice makes you practice more. (laughs) Bye! Hey, it's Chris Terry, sneaking in at the end of your show to let you know that we have a new website for Gen Z Media. gzmshows.com is our new home on the web where you can listen to all of our podcasts, Buy scripts, t-shirts, mugs, and more. You can even hear trailers from our upcoming releases months before they come out. Check out the new site at gzmshows.com. That's the letter G, the letter Z, Z if you're Canadian like me, and the letter M, shows.com. Thanks again for listening. Give me a Z! From PRX.